everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Sherry T. Thank you for joining me today, Sherry. It is my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here, Dion. Awesome. So, Sherry, if you could tell my listeners a bit about yourself and your background, um, that would be great. Sure thing. So, again, my name is Sherry T. Um, I am a 45-year-old woman living in Canada. I do have my own business here. Now, my background is a little bit interesting. My I was born into a family of six kids, and my parents are from Holland. They're really old school. And they became Jehovah's Witnesses um, before I was born. And so this set me up to have a very interesting childhood because I do consider Jehovah's Witnesses to be very cult adjacent, I'm going to say. And, you know, I think it's really important to to, to say this, I am not anti-religion. Please don't get me wrong. I think religion serves a very important place in people's lives. But in my own upbringing, this was a very cult-adjacent um, religion to belong to. There are some things that really shaped my life because of it. Um, we attended, it's a very all-consuming religion. We attended church or what they call a kingdom hall three times a week. We had to dedicate so many hours a month to do the door-to-door work, which was called service. You celebrate absolutely no holidays, birthdays, or anything like that. Um, You're not, I don't want to say not permitted friends, but you're not supposed to have any friends outside of the religion because they can easily corrupt you away from the religion. Um, There's no politics. They're very neutral. Um, and women are considered very subservient. So they're really, they really don't have a voice. They don't have um, an opinion. Actually, they, they are permitted an opinion, but they can never have the final say. They always have to acquiesce to the men. They're not given any privileges in the, in the kingdom hall at all. So this is how I was, I was born and raised. And I was quite a poster child for the religion my entire life. I married another Jehovah's Witness at the age of 28, Um, but around the age of 34 and 35, I developed some doubts about the faith, uh, and my marriage was really not a happy marriage. And at age 37, I finally got the courage to leave. Now, remember, I had no friends, um, and when you leave that, that religion, you are disowned by your entire family and all of your friends. So uh, that's that was my background. That's how I. That's where I ended up. And I can tell you, um, you know, my first year after I left, I white knuckled it through my life, um, just trying to get my bearings. My second year, I spent entirely sick. My immune system was destroyed from all the stress. And then, you know, in the in the years to follow. It was very transformative for me. I went through four stages to bring me to where I am today, which was deprogramming and deconstructing my past belief system at every level. And then it was rebuilding my belief system and really my value system too, and reconnecting with my own intuition and healing past wounds. So that's really what what brought me to today. 
Wow. Um, man, I, I, I'm like, I have no word. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm sure this, I'm sure I say this a lot, but I really, really can't imagine, um, going through anything as to what you have gone through. It's one thing for people to project you, but it's another thing for um, your own flesh and blood to um, project you as well. So, um, yeah, you know, that's, um, that's an abandonment issue at a whole at, at your at a whole different level, it really, really strikes you to your core. And that's one of the things that I've really had to work through. But you know, um, in, in going through these steps, the first thing I had to do, as difficult as it was, was deprogram everything that had been programmed into me. I, this is everything from how do I view um, the gay community? because gays are not accepted in that religion. Um, what was my programming around politics? What was my programming around just being a woman and how you view sex? Because, you know, sex was almost a very dirty thing and something reserved only for man and wife. There was a lot of deprogramming and deconstructing um, that had to happen first. So you really have to sit with it for a while. When I left, I didn't even understand, I didn't even know if I believed in God anymore, something as fundamental as that. And I loved that I didn't know if I believed in God anymore, because it was such a clean slate for me. And that was just so full of potential. And I was in complete control of how to fill that slate. And then, of course, you have to rebuild your belief system, which is so fun because I explored everything, Dion. I explored, um, you know, Buddhism. I explored different um, types of Christianity. I explored witchcraft for crying out loud. And I just, I just picked and choose anything that really resonated with me. And I've dropped some of it and I've kept some of it, but it was all up to me. And then the other thing that happens is you reconnect with your own intuition. And most people, unless they've been in this situation, don't understand the power of that because growing up in a religion where you were told entirely what to believe, what to say, how to say it, how what to reject, you your whole life is controlled and your sense of intuition is really deadened. Um, in to some extent. So reconnecting with your own intuition, which for me was also connecting with some inherently, um, with some things that I was inherently gifted with, things like um, an, a really strong intuition, uh, a healing ability, working with energy, all of these things I had no idea I possessed, um, which was a lot of fun to discover. But the most important of the four stages I went through was the healing process. Could you um, touch a bit about that? Because that to heal from basically to heal from everything you've had to have gone through, um, which is really extreme. Um, in my opinion, and 
I can't, again, I can't fathom how one would proceed to try to heal from something like that. Um, could you touch on how you yourself personally tried to heal or move on um, as far as everything you've went through? Absolutely. You know, this is the stage that I think is most often misunderstood or glazed over because I think that there's a sense of if you could just white knuckle your way through or get to a point where you are a fully functioning adult, where you say that you're over it, you've made new friends, you've got excellent employment, you know, on, on the outside, you're doing really well. But a lot of people miss over, um, skip over and miss the stage of grieving. And it doesn't matter how far you've come from what has hurt you. If you haven't taken the time to sit with it and to grieve what has happened, for me, it was grieving the loss of my family. For me, it was grieving the loss of an entire life that I had built, my belief in God, my community. It was, there was so much to grieve and I hadn't allowed myself to go through that. And that showed up in different ways. It showed up in, um, in unhealthy, unhealthy relationships that I endured for the, for the 10 years um, between then and now. Unhealthy in, in how I allowed men to treat me. Unhealthy in some of the um, sexual practices even in, in those 10 years unhealthy in eating disorders that I had started to develop when I was a Jehovah's Witness and went in full bloom after that um, in my relationship with alcohol and food. Thank God I'm not an, an alcoholic, but I did use it as a crutch for many years. There, there's several ways that the toxicity and not dealing with it can manifest in your life. And it wasn't until this last year where if anything good came out of COVID, it was the fact that I, I was able to take a pause in my life. And when you're not trying to fill that pause with just keeping busy, your higher self decides you are in a good place to really heal now. And I went through some grief and I was paralyzed the last year, but I was processing all of these emotions that I was allowing to come up. And I found the right mentors at the right time to give me some stability through it. But I really grieved and acknowledged everything on how I felt about my parents, how I felt about my upbringing, how I felt about some of the incidences that happened um, within the religion, and so on. And on the other side of that grief, I finally found healing. I found my true calling. I found such unspeakable joy in my life, which is exactly where I'm sitting now. And I translate that through the relationships I now have, and I translate it through the business I now have and the people that I get to help. Wow. And I can... um understand um your thoughts as to last year um because of this pandemic many of us were forced because we had no choice to slow down and reassess our priorities and our values and our emotions and just really take the time to 
stop and think and um on what truly matters um because I'm pretty sure if it was any other year it would be busy and hectic and we'll push aside our emotions and not really think about them but last year really gave us a time to focus and reassess and focus um for myself personally since I didn't exactly share this with you a few minutes ago um um, a year ago, um, which would be at the start of the pandemic, which would be January, I got diagnosed with diabetes. Oh, um, so um, uh, many people had different reactions to that, but I thought of my diagnosis as a blessing in disguise because if I hadn't been diagnosed, um, I could have died. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I saw my diagnosis as God's way of giving my life more purpose, giving me another chance to live my life. He's not finished writing my story. So um, I took my diagnosis in stride. And um, I'm pretty sure if I've been diagnosed any other year, um, it may have been difficult to process because life, again, has a tendency to be busy and overwhelming. But the pandemic um, forced the world to slow down, obviously. But I think I had more of the luxury of processing my thoughts a lot better mm-hmm. in regards to this news. Um, obviously, I took a break from school because my family strongly recommended it. Um, schools weren't um, in quarantine or shut down at that point, but... Um, this pandemic, it did bring a lot of light to a lot of scenarios, rather it's reassessing our emotions or racial equality and all these other matters that we don't really discuss enough. A hundred percent. And I love what you, you know, the message that you just portrayed there. Things, if we can shift our mindset from things happening to us into things happening for us, and how you said you found more purpose in your life. I, Dion, I think that is beautiful. And a lot of people get stuck in their healing because they're so bitter about what happened to them. And I look back, when I think about how I was raised and my parents and the religion and all of that stuff, I am not bitter. I say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because of that, I am almost outspoken woman. (laughs) I like to think I'm not quite outspoken, but I have a voice. I found my voice. I, you know, I found that I'm an an amazing leader and coach and it's because of everything that's happened to me. So I, I think it's, I don't, I'm not happy that you have diabetes. Please don't get me wrong, but considering that you're going through it anyway, I love, love your attitude that it's very inspiring. Thank you. And I, I I can, it's okay for you not to be a fan of diabetes. Many of my um, family um, didn't take kindly to the news as well. Um, Because obviously being diabetic during a pandemic wasn't the best situation for me. But the only reason why they weren't exactly thrilled was because I had already gone through so much growing up. Um, since I was born, I had many health deficiencies, and for the first two years of my life, I couldn't hear her talk. Mm-hmm. 
So, and you know who, you know what you um, are, you are a, a shining example of someone who does not accept excuses. And let me tell you, excuses, the insidious thing about excuses is that they're always valid. And when we can push through them, like you have had so much happen to you, you have had every excuse in the book to give up. Um, but here you are, you have your own podcast, you are inspiring others, you are finding your way. And, you know, like I said, when we get on the other side of healing, we find our calling. And until you get on the other side of healing, that doesn't necessarily happen. So hats off to you, Dion. Thank you. And yeah, um, damn, I lost because <laughs> I don't share a bit about myself as much as I should. But um, yeah, um, just to reiterate my last point, um, it seemed like everything in my life was like coming together finally. Um, I had just turned 24 um, last November. I'm 25 now. And yet, it wasn't all together. Um, I got sick, but a lot of good things came about through my diagnosis. I am still here. I'm not dead. Thank goodness. Thank the Lord for that. Cause I, that was a really devastating time, but, um, I'm still here. I have this podcast. I'm projecting my voice in such a broad platform and I'm using my gifts more so than ever to help others through their own um, struggles to give them a sense of peace, to help them heal a little yeah, better. You are. That's amazing. And thank you for, for stepping up in your life to do that for other people. Thank you, Sherry. So I do have this funny icebreaker question. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stump you. <laughs> <laughs> Many people take this question a lot differently. Um, if you could have any superpower that's not flying, many people pick flying because I know people miss traveling, but I have to make it a little difficult. If you could have any superpower, what oh, would it's it so be? so easy. Telekinesis. <laughs> I think that's the one where you can move things with your mind. And even though, even though I would use my superpower for the greater good, blah, blah, blah. It's still going to come in super handy when there's only one Oreo left on the plate and you're not the closest to the plate. <laughs> oh, I love your answer. Because <laughs> yes, it's good to use your powers for good, but if it means getting that last little Oreo cookie, then that is the absolute best. <laughs> uh um, my superpower would be to read people's minds. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I, love that one. I know when it comes to powers, um, there's many um disadvantages and good advantages to that. Um, but yeah, it would be reading people's minds. <laughs> I think that would be really cool, and it would be less awkward. Or maybe it'll be me that can read people's minds. Maybe that's the key there to be the only yeah, person want to be the only to be able person. to do that. And then, you know, you've got to watch what women want with Mel Gibson and then decide if it's really a superpower or if it's not so much. But <laughs> I totally respect <laughs> the fact that you want to read people's minds. <laughs>
I'll I'll just do a Star Trek thing. I'll just do the mind meld. I'll just I'll do yes. that. Totally. <laughs> I love it. Uh well Sherry, um we're at the end of this really awesome conversation and I truly admire you for sharing what you've gone through. I can't imagine that being easy to share um after all this time. So I really thank you for sharing it. And um, do you have any social plugins um, for my listeners before we wrap sure. up? Sure. Um, my social plugins are all related to my business, which is the Prosper Us Group. Um, and so, if you go on Facebook, it is the Prosper Us. So it's Prosper US, not O U S. So Prosper Us Group. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. And it is uh, Prosper Us Group as well. And, um, you know, if you wanted to connect on, on that level, my company is really about uh, coaching and consulting for administrative professionals. And I mention this because administrative professionals are, are really the superheroes to me in our business world. They are also the ones who are most walked on and you know, because of my background and what I've been through, I love lifting up these women through coaching and career counseling. So um, if you want to connect with me, that would be great. I, I also take emails at sherry at prosperusgroup.com. So I would love to hear from anyone. Awesome. Thank you, Sherry, for joining me today. This was a wonderful conversation, and I'm pretty sure it's going to resonate with many well, individuals. Well, thank you, Dion. And again, thank you for doing what you do and for, for having this platform for people to connect and be inspired. Thank you. To all my listeners, stay healthy, stay safe, and until next time. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Words of Heart. If you would like to leave a rating slash review or voice message of your thoughts on this latest episode or any episode for that matter, please do not hesitate to do so. You can leave me a voice message right here on Anchor. And if you would like to leave a review slash rating, you are welcome to do so on Apple Podcasts. You can find my podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podchaser, to name a few. My podcast is literally everywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you would like to speak to your heart warrior, that would be me on a regular basis. You can reach out to me through Twitter. My Twitter handle is heartwarrior24. Again, it is heartwarrior24. So please do not hesitate to reach out to me with whatever is on your mind or just to simply chat. As always, I am here for you. In addition, I've also started integrating videos into my podcast. For those videos and more, you can follow me on my Facebook page, Words of Heart Podcast. Again, my Facebook page is called Words of Heart Podcast. 
So if you would like to know more about my podcast or anything pertaining to my podcast, feel free to like and subscribe to my page. And as always, I hope you guys are staying healthy and safe. And if you ever need anything or ever want anyone to talk to, I am here for you.